Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. gentlemen boys and girls let's get right into it my next guest played pro for over a dozen seasons all over the planet after a highly successful college career spent with the main black bears of the hockey East circuit his stops included milwaukee philadelphia kentucky hartford and more including the now famous danbury thrasher teams of the mid-2000s he also has done some coaching and now has almost 200 games under his belt in that department we have many mutual friends in the game, and I can say from experience, this guy was a solid player who had above-average talent and was an honest worker who played hard for his teammates each and every night. He is a dandy D-man, a captivating coach, a fearless phantom, a thoughtful thrasher. Uh, born in the U.S. of A., this cat could really play. He's got a decent brain, and he signed in Maine. He's a hell of a guy and went to play in the eye. They were tough and silly when he played for Philly. He went on to play six year. Or, ooh, he went on to play six years in the A. He says thank you and please, and played overseas. He has nice shoes and played in Dansbury too, folks. When Newton was ill, they'd call him Sick Isaac. And please welcome to my show. It's Dave McIsaac. How the hell are you doing, Dave? What's going on, TR? Wow, so you're you. in Philadelphia, are you? Yeah, just outside Philly. Yeah. You went back. So tell me. I was, someone asked me and I wasn't sure. I knew you were American. So you grew up in Massachusetts? Yeah, I grew up in Boston. My parents are both um, from Cape Breton. So um, I'm American. Yeah, okay. I knew there was some kind of a link. I remember you telling me this way, way back in the late 90s. Uh, you played for some crazy teams there in Philly, by the way. That's when you came in across my radar. Um, but anyway, so. So did you? How did you make the move to play junior in Halifax? I mean, I guess you got on a plane, but what was the reasoning? Yeah, no, I went to Maine as a freshman and I wasn't playing, and so I um, decided just to leave Maine and, and go play junior. They had a connection in Halifax that they sent a couple of players there before. Ah, so, I yeah, see. So then, what was your process to get to Maine? Were you scouted like as as a minor hockey player? Were you a standout, and and you kind of were waiting for your college? Opportunity? Yeah, in high school. I went to in high school in Boston. And then when I left Maine, I went to play junior in Halifax and came back to Maine. 
I see. So you go to Maine. I looked at some of these names. I knew, I, th I thought you guys wanted, I didn't realize you wanted so big. So first of all, let's just, elephant in the room, Paul Correa's on your, it's probably, in my lifetime, the biggest college signing for a hockey player was definitely Paul Correa. Now, I, I don't think now a lot of people pay attention. It just like you're in your draft year. What do you play? College, major, junior, junior A? Let's see. You know, But back then, I really remember it because I went to the BC to play hockey and he was everything. And he was he was holding out. He didn't want to go major junior. Right. Yeah. So he went to Maine. It was a huge deal. He ends up getting 100 points. Yeah. You guys win. And, and not only do you win, you score the most goals in the history of the NCAA in one season. Am I wrong? Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I just came across that fact today. I, uh, I posted that. But, uh, you just came across that fact today? Yeah. Wow. No, we, we, were, we were voted the best college hockey team of all time. It was, uh, it was a special team. Wow. So did you know that going? I know because, I mean, people, I, I mean, Paul Correa was probably obviously an offensive juggernaut. But you guys had some other, like, I, I'm looking, man, I recognize half the team. Our goalies um, were Garth Snow and Mike Dunham. Yeah. Jim Montgomery, was coach of the Bruins, was our leading and it was almost underrated right. because because Korea went there and, and, and stole all the noise. I remember coming across Montgomery later in my career and going, wow, I haven't heard of this guy. Then I realized he was playing with Korea and he was at 85 or 90 points. Right. Cal Ingraham. I played with him in, in oh, Idaho. Oh, no way. Yeah, Cal. Cal was only about five foot six, but he, uh, which is me, at that time, it's, it's got to be. It's got to be the only reason he didn't make it because he was – I noticed him for passing. I look with you guys. He had 45, 46 goals in one season. Yeah. He's one of the best passers I've ever seen. He's a great player. Mm. So you guys you, – you, I mean, that's quite a thing to win and to win in such fashion. And you're all trying to make it. And everybody has an NHL agenda, it seemed. So were you – I mean – it must have been a great year for the team. Everybody wants to sign. I find those even the juniors similar. Really, what not not awkward, but it's funny because it's the ultimate team sport. But you're you're all looking to get a chance personally, and the better you do as a team, the better you'll do personally. So, when did pro come across your radar? Was it playing the, there during those years? Yeah, I think that the, the, that 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 year. I, mean, I think the whole team went on to play pro somewhere. God. And um, so, yeah, I, I stayed two more years at Maine and then ended up in Milwaukee. And then how did Milwaukee come to be? Uh, just at the end of the season at Maine, I um, I wanted to sign somewhere. So um, the coach got me an agent and uh, ended up in Milwaukee for the playoffs that first year. And then I re-signed with them for the next year. That is how that happened? Wild. Um, and just just side note. Because I could stay on, on talking about Maine the whole time. So Matt Martin, actually, I played. He he was with with the year I played with uh, Cal Ingraham was in Idaho. Matt Martin was there with me, and a name Peter Ferraro. I came across him a few times, and his brother, right? That's the Chris, Ferraro brother, yeah, yeah, Chris. And they're the guys that played in Hartford and the Rangers when I yeah, would have been. Rangers organization. Okay, so, and these guys, I mean, I'm looking great year thirty. Peter Ferraro, thirty six. This is the year you guys won it, thirty six. Games played 50 points. But to put this in perspective for people that are listening, before we get off the main topic, Paul Correa, 39 games, 100 points. Jim Montgomery, 45 games, 95 points. Cal Ingraham, 45 games, 85 points, 46 goals. Ferraro was an unreal pro. He's fourth in scoring with 50 points. I mean, I, I think, I often say when I played out West, Kamloops were the best junior team. You could argue ever. They won three Memorial Cups in five years. But because of that, there were so many scouts. Like I, I used to almost get to know the scouts by name because they were in, they were there to watch Kamloops. But he fought me. We had a good team too. They had a generational team. You guys have a generational team. So were there a lot of scouts? Was there a lot of hype wherever, when you guys went? Was this? Did it feel like... I don't want to say a foregone conclusion. You'd never say that. But did it feel like you had a real shot right from the beginning of the year to win it? And was there a lot of hype? I think there was a lot of hype. We they 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 had a film crew around like all the games doing a documentary. It was called Out of the Woods. Um, and so yeah, there's a lot of hype. And we were number one the whole season. Um, so 
Okay. It was expectations to win it. So. Because there's a rating system, right? That's the the one thing I don't get about college is what happens until like the Frozen Four and all that. All year you're playing, it seems like a forty odd game re uh, regular season. So is that all? Yeah, is that all regular season or is that tournaments and everything? That's uh, every, everything. That's the whole playoffs. Everything is forty. Do you play games. tournaments all year or is it like junior? No, we played. Um, we played four or five tournaments that year. Yeah. Okay, so there's tournaments and then there's an overall standings. Mm -hmm. Um. And would you guys get a lot of fans? Yeah, yeah, it was sold out every game at at, at Alfond. I heard, uh, I heard it was incredible to play there. So, you go to Milwaukee of a good year. How's that transition? By the way, I remember you as a fairly tough defenseman. And and but the teams, say Philly for example, like I don't know, but there's a tougher team I ever played against. <laughs> so you you blend it in, but how? Like, how was that transition going from a defenseman that, you know, I don't want to put this, I don't want to insult you. You weren't a goon. I just, I just find you really tough to play against. You were, you were a hard-nosed kind of guy to get around. You know, you'd pay the price. College to pro. Not only are you playing college with no fighting, you go pro and your your second year, you're on the Philadelphia Phantoms. And again, I mean, some of these names, Bialois, McLaren, uh, Belanger, Bolaris, Lacerd, all these guys came through there. Um, was that a culture shock, or were you ready for it? No, I, I think I was ready for it. I, I fought a little bit in junior in Halifax. And, and ah, yes, okay. I a little bit to fight, so. Okay, so that it's part of the game tough. wasn't foreign to you. I always wonder, like in college, do guys talk about it even? Like, hey, when we go up and play pro, maybe I'll learn how to fight? Like, or, or is it just? I think the first advice my coach gave me, my college coach said, your first game, make sure you get in a fight, is what he said. Just to let people know you're not a college player. Wow. Okay. So, That's actually pretty good advice. And back then it was. It was about getting respect and, and playing hard. How did you guys finish those years in Philly? I'm looking at 96, 97. We had the best team in 96, 97. We lost to Hershey in game seven. They went on and won the Calder Cup on that year. We had a bunch of injuries right in the playoffs and didn't finish. Then the next year we won it. Wow, and some absolute minor league beauties. Uh, Frank Bialois, was he as wild as I would think? I just got a kick out of that guy, man. He, he yeah, played are, you the story, are you telling the story of uh, in Delilah's there? Delilah's yes, Delilah's. Was that the name of it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Was, uh, no, he's, uh, he's one of my best friends still. He lives around the corner from me here, and um, he finally wow. got rid of the Russian stripper, and now he's uh, – my wife's a flight attendant, and um, so she introduced him to a flight attendant girl. So he's got a new girlfriend for three years now. So he's doing good. Wow, that's unbelievable. I wonder if he'd ever do this show. I was just in awe of that guy. Um, but he played like the St. John's Maple Leafs came here when I was fourteen, so I'd ended up playing in the A like six or seven years later. But he was here with that team, and it just yeah. it just seemed like he was a cartoon character. <laughs> uh, and I ended up getting a fight. I'll never forget. We were in Philadelphia. They had a good tough team too, right? They had um, yeah, John Bush and and Belanger, and they they were real tough. Uh, uh, John Craighead was there. Yeah. Uh, God, the league was yeah tough, tough is an understatement. But anyway, he came out. I remember skating around in warm up, and you guys are warming up, and and we're well, obviously it's warm up. So, but I, I was like stretching on the on the line, and I'm looking up. And he's got no tape on either end of his stick. And he just sat there and he leaned on it and he just watched us for 10 minutes while you guys all warmed up. It was, it was inside. I didn't know what to think of it. Yeah. So we ended up getting in a fight and then that was the, the Delilah's night. And uh, he just, he, he seemed like he, it was almost scary. The, the way he presented himself. But when we got to the penalty box, he started chatting and he was just a great guy. And I, I wish I'd stayed in touch with him, but back then there was no, I don't even think there was text messaging. You might've had a cell phone. We'll get him on the show. We'll get him on your show. Yeah. I'd appreciate that. Um, so then, so you were signed with Philly during that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what was your, I don't know. Like, cause you, you look at, now I think there's a bigger deal made of contracts and you know, all your friends, I don't know. I'm just looking at a straight line. So, did you? How many years did you sign? And it was, I was all one year contracts. So it was I was there three years, all one year contracts. All one year, yeah. and some of those years, I mean, God, I mean, 
These are these stand out. First year there, 61 games, three goals, 15 assists, 187 minutes. 80 games played the next year, 241 minutes, 28 points. Did you get much NHL uh, sniffs? Not, not a sniff until we won the Calder Cup. I thought maybe the next year, like I had a wow. good playoff, right? And and I still didn't even get a sniff next year. It's funny, you know, how that works. Uh, yeah. And I'm not just, a, you know, because you were right in my era and just I thought – a real solid D. I can think of guys that I played with. I won't name them, but I can think of guys I played with that got some NHL games. That uh, I think you're, you know, I, I think you're just a solid D. Um, so Lowell, you you Philadelphia, you go to Lowell during. How did that happen? The same thing, one year contract. Yeah, I signed with the Kings, LA Kings, and um, it was a split team between the Kings and um, the Islanders, but mostly Kings, and. Okay, okay. And so you're getting all these penalty minutes. Did, did you start thinking about fighting or is it – I mean, the other thing is back then in front of the net, man, D had to be tough. And a, a tough D would take 50 slashes in a year and, and probably you'd kind of want him to, you know. So uh, there was good penalties and bad penalties. Where did you fit in? In the penalty – I was the captain of the Lowell team. So I, I was I was more of a leader on that team, and you know I you still have to stand up for your teammates when it's necessary. But I don't think I was the the go to guy, right? So no, no, definitely. And, and c- coming out of Philadelphia, I mean, you're a big tough guy, but there's so many people on the menu. Like even in Philly, were were you getting most of your penalty minutes from fights? Yeah, I'd say mostly. Um, wow, I'm just looking at the penalty minutes, man. It, it's it's. <laughs> It's almost, I, I had to do it, because now you look, and I mean, again, I'm not comparing, I'm not saying that there should be more fighting now. I don't even really care. The argument's beat the death. But facts are facts. And you look down the list, and nowadays, 100-plus penalty minutes would probably lead a team. Each of your first five years pro, you've got five guys at least on each team with 200 penalty minutes. Mm-hmm. you got to navigate your way around that. And I guess, you, yeah, you, you you're a happy medium to me. There's got to be a better way to say that. But, you know, you could play tough, but you could also, you know, hang with the with the talent out there. So your agent would have been the same agent all the way through. And at what point? Because I know you, you go to Russia in 2002, 2003. But up until then, your numbers, again, you go to Kentucky after that, Hershey, Hartford. And your numbers are always pretty good. So is there a point that you're telling your agent, like, what the fuck? Or, or, or is it, a, you know, you're happy with these contracts? And, I mean, it's a great hockey career. Yeah. Uh, are, are you happy with these and it's one year to one or, or one year? I, you I, think, on? I think when I got to Kentucky um, and I had a, a good year in Kentucky um, and they were calling guys up to San Jose that, you know, I don't know why they called them up. Same, same thing, right? So I thought I should have got the call up. So then I started to get a little, um, you know, antsy and what's going, what the fuck's going on, you know? Were you married during any of this ride? Yeah, I was married. um, Yeah. I only asked because a lot of people don't realize when you're moving team to team and it's one year contracts. It's tough when you have a wife, when you have kids, even when you have a girlfriend. And or I mean, it's a ride anyway. It's what you make of it. But did that factor into any of your decisions? Mm, not really. No, I think I, I just took the best deal most of the time. Um, and the best deal, yeah, I suppose. Why wouldn't you? And Russia. So two thousand two, two thousand three, you head over to. I think I'm saying this correctly. Khabarovsk. Amur, I don't know if I am saying that correctly, uh, Russia. So what kind, like, what got you there, and what do you remember from that season? I remember the, fly, the Flyers wanted to sign me again that summer, and um, but Russia, the money was just too good to pass up, right? So I, um, I took it, and um, I loved my time in Russia. It was a lot of fun. It's the same team that um, David Ling played for. Yeah, okay, yeah, Linger's a buddy of mine, as you know. <laughs> so, and was it, like, how big was the city? Was it huge? Yeah, so Russia, there, there, there's not really small cities. So it's, okay. a, it's probably a million million people city, and then the next city is six hours away, a million people, right? Okay, so there's yeah, no yeah, it's a huge country. You forget how big it is. I, I mean, yeah. 
it's you know it, it, in any other European league, it'd probably be five different leagues with the travel. Um, Our closest road game was a ten-hour flight. Wow! Yeah, it was wow. I, Liberia. That was tough, tough I, travel. Yeah, man. So, how did you pass the time? Um, I mean, like anything, you go- take sleeping pills just to make sure I slept enough. But wow. um, I had fun there. It was, uh, it was a good experience. What about? Was there a lot of imports? Like, how many North Americans would have been? Uh, on the we had three, three. Um, yeah, three imports. They they were all Americans my year, but I think they switched now. I think they have Czech players and stuff now. Okay, and how was the weather? Um, it was minus forty for three straight months. Oh God! So yeah, so you're north, and what? So. But the girls still wore um, high heels and mini skirts walking down the streets in minus 40. <laughs> really? Yeah. And so, and did you ever get, I mean, I heard there's a lot of shadiness that goes on, but each team is different. I've talked to people that come back and say they'll never go back again. It's run by the mob. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to people that come back and say, well, if it is, I didn't really notice. It was just like playing anywhere. I was no, sure. I, um, I, I loved it there. It was, um, it was run by the mob for sure. But, uh, <laughs> the mob, mob liked me. So it was, uh, it was okay. Good and lots of fans? Yeah, yeah. We had full stadiums most of the places. At that at that time, so that's twenty years ago almost. How was the physical game received? Um, it wasn't you know, I, I fought maybe three times that year, not not a not a ton, but um but yeah, they liked it. So it was, I and think it was that's why the mob liked me when, when I did fight, right? So I see. And was it uh what's the word? was it a like, was there a lot of real skilled players? Yeah, yeah. We had um, Sergey Kriva-Krasov was on my team. Oh, I remember yeah. him. There's a kitty. Yeah. There's my... Uh, uh, <laughs> and you're in Cambridge right now? What's your dog's name? Rhea. Rhea. This is Princess. Um, that's it. I always got to have pets. And I, I'm so... Not irresponsible. I just don't have the time for a dog. Yeah. So I got a couple of cats. I mean, my daughter put me up to it, but I would anyway. I always have pets. Um, so the skill, I got uh, 20 years ago. So I've paid attention to the Russian League for maybe the last 10 years. When you guys were all going, I mean, I knew it was happening. But I, I just, and then I got hurt, so it wasn't an option. So now I'm aware. I mean, it's, I think anybody that follows hockey even loosely would know that the KHL is one of the best leagues on earth. Was it considered that at the time? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was considered um, pretty good then. Um, I know the money is even worse, better now. Like, and you see, I think there's still like over 100 North Americans playing there this year after what happened to Brittany Griner. And you'd think yeah, that nobody that. would want to go over, right? But, I honestly... That's what I couldn't believe. Do, do you they're, have leaving, a- they're leaving the American League. My buddy's a coach in Colorado. He just had one of his best players leave to go over there. Yeah, that's even amongst weird. everything that's happening. Yeah, it's wild. It is wild. I, I mean, look, I suppose there's money and promises and right. things like that. But for me right now, it, it really wouldn't be one of my main options. Right. Now, when you did, it probably would have been if, if I had that chance. Um, so Italy. So the next season you go and you play in Italy. What was that experience? I played a couple games in Italy, exhibition. I played for Cincinnati. We went over there, and I could not believe how popular it was. I'm thinking uh, it's Italy. If I just No one even knows what hockey is. But uh, we played in Milan. God, and somewhere else. I can't remember. But anyway, what, what was behind your decision to go there? Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just the best offer on the table right then. And... and um, but no, I, I, I liked Italy. It was, um, I had fun there too, but it was different, right? It was a small little ski town, so I could go skiing every day, but there was not much nightlife, right? So it wasn't. And at this point, did you go over there? Is your girl still with you? Yeah, but she didn't come when I was, we got divorced the year after that, I think. The year after that. So, I mean, I know these questions are personal, but I, but I always like to know the journey because it's completely different if you're on your own or you're with somebody right. for many, many different reasons. Um, Okay, so you got a year in Russia, you got a year in Italy, but at this point, you're getting older. You must see uh, your body. For me, I mean, the, the the aches and the pains. You know, they, you know, you get older. That's what happens. So, you you play a few more years. You go back to Italy for your final year in 07-08. But in in between, 
No, 405 or 506, you're in Danbury. You're playing for the Thrashers. That, I believe, is the prime time from the Netflix special that we watch. Yeah. So, now I'm looking at it at the time. I knew you guys had a tough team. The way it's presented on Netflix, I mean, it's it's a great documentary. I really like it. Some people that I know say that I work with in the film industry will tell me, oh, man, that's that's crazy. I said, well, kind of, but I don't know. There was a few teams. I would name again the team you played on in Philly was probably as tough, but it seemed, but, but it wasn't like fighting was being promoted, which is the difference that I think, which, which is fine. I mean, look at the timing right. of it, right? But... Did it feel like that when you were playing? Were they were they openly promoting fights? The first year in in, in Danbury was definitely openly promoting it. It was um, so just I think there was probably six or seven skilled players, and the rest of the team was all tough. Okay, right? that's what I that's what I, I was trying to put it into words for my buddies, and I was like, you know. Because there was lots of teams that had lots of tough guys, and there was, but that yeah, I, I got the sense even then. We would hear stories that, you know, they were promoting it. And you can kind of tell, you can put two and two together from watching the TV special. But what did you guys think in the room then? Was that cool? Were you, I mean, as a player, I would kind of enjoy it because you, you can't have a tough enough team for me. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I, you, more tough guys means less fighting. So it, for, for me, I'm saying. So, no, um, me too. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, you know, it feels great. You're protected. You get so many people uh, on your team that are that are used to it. So, did you guys, you know, did you speak about it in the room? And was it was it a positive thing? It was definitely positive, and you know, you had to do your job when 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 Jimmy Galante asked you to do it, right? So yeah, we, um, it was Jimmy and AJ the, was his son, right? Was right, AJ yeah. in that year? Yeah, he was there the first year, mostly the second year too. But um, I was the captain of the team the second year. And um, it was more, we wanted to win a championship the second year. It wasn't, fighting wasn't as promoted. I see. Okay. Uh, I met AJ in Las Vegas. He seemed like a, a a decent guy. He seemed like a smart enough hockey guy. And it, uh, people that pass it off as that not being the case, I say, well, it kind of worked though. Like, you know, you, you, you take the, the, there's only so much you can put in a TV special, but, you know, at the time, the way he managed it, I mean, it definitely, I mean, it was on my radar, I, and right. not every team in that league was. I remember hearing stories. Um, do you still have a good relationship with the people from Danbury? Because you went yeah, back to your coach. Well, I was coaching there last year. But um, AJ started, you know, he started the Ice Wars thing, right? So it's yeah. the hockey fights, right? Like MMA sort of thing. So yeah. um, I know Morasti, your buddy Morasti, was a judge for a couple of them. And yeah. um, you guys were supposed to, both of you were supposed to come play a game for me last year. He mentioned it. He mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm wild enough that I'd probably take you up on that at some point. But you're not back there this year. So are you looking to coach still? Yeah, I've still got some feelers out there. But um, how is it? Like, I, when you're, this is the, the only reason that I wouldn't really get into it, that I didn't want to get into it, because I'm pretty set in Newfoundland and, if it, not that I have to be here, but I got a daughter that loves it, it would be a last option. But it wouldn't. I find if you get into coaching, you're going to be. I mean, even the best coaches in the world don't stay anywhere for five or six years in a row. It would just seem like a lot. It would be like to me. I enjoyed the travel when I played. All that free travel. I guess it would still be fun, but having to change where I lived all the time. That's the only reason I wouldn't. So that's the first thing. But I guess that's a. Yeah, that, that, I, I had I had three or four opportunities this summer, and it was um, it was because I have a house here in Philly, and I didn't want to okay my house here. Exactly. So now, I still had the house here last year when I was in Connecticut, but I you know I go back and forth a little bit, and they got me a nice place there on the lake, so it was nice. How about uh, when you're? You know, when you're when you're approaching the game, is it different? You're a coach. You get all like I used to love getting to the rink. I used to love being a team teammate. I enjoyed most of my coaches, uh, but I really don't know what that would. I I can't picture myself as head coach. I not not that I wouldn't want to welcome it, or I, I just have never. You know, even assistant coach, kind of you can. But to go in 
and be a head coach. You know, there's got to be a right. fine line with the players. You can't really be a buddy like you want to be. So how do you approach it? Well, I'm old enough now that I'm I'm not in the same generation as the players that are playing on my team. Really. Yeah. So it was it was pretty easy to separate. Um, and did did you have any coaching mottos? Is there any specific you know, or or did you learn? You're in. You're you're just looking at the. You know, was it instinct? Well, I think my coaching philosophy mostly comes from college, the Sean Walsh uh, philosophy, which is what Jimmy Montgomery's using in Boston. He's doing unbelievable now, right? So it's um, objectives every game and trying to meet objectives. And, and how much is X's and O's and how much is motivation? Uh, a little of both, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's momentum within a game that um, you try to keep. That's good. That's a good way to put it. How do you choose your captains? Last year was real easy. There was three returning players, so it was um, okay. They were the captains. I see. Uh, and do you notice anything different about the culture of the game? Uh, you know, just the obvious. People bring like video games on the road. I get it. I totally do. We probably had too many beers. There's probably a happy medium. What uh, do you see anything different, or is it basically you know the same game, just different package? Well, I, I'll tell a quick story, a Terry Ryan story. I um, I remember playing a maritime trip, and we had about six or seven guys in Philly that wouldn't come in before two a.m. the whole trip every day. And uh, we started in St. John's, but we ended. Up, we were in Fredericton for a night. Yeah, we go to the bar, and I think there's a game the next night, but we're all there, and there's only one. Fredericton Canadian in the bar, Terry Ryan, and he buys us a hundred shots, a hundred, like not just a couple shots, a hundred shots. Did I really? He bought us a hundred <laughs> shots. Wow, that's amazing. And I think, yeah. look, I could be wrong. I think I might have gotten in three fights the next night. Yeah, um, I remember you fought a Russian guy that you didn't think could fight. He was. I didn't uh, think he could, and he. But he was a boxer. Man. He was like a pro boxer in Russia or something. Did he? He gave me a huge black eye. It was Belanger. What was this guy's name? I can't remember. Michael Chernoff was a Russian kid. Chernoff. Yeah. That's it. He poked me in front of the net. I'm like, what are you? What, some fucking <laughs> Russian? I hit him, and oh, I'm telling you, his first couple, and then he finished it too. I think, you know, I hate to say it, but because I stood up the whole fight, but I think he would have gotten the it's better. Funny. He was underrated. Like he was, a, I think he was a professional boxer in Russia or something. But Something. It was yeah. something because he was a tough, like he, he knew where to punch. And they hurt. Like, you know, it stunned me a couple times. Not every – look, at the time, I guess younger generation fans, is that even a thing? Uh, we, we, the way we looked at Russians is that, you know, they couldn't possibly be tough. Most weren't. Right, right. Uh, and there was the odd fella like that, right? Now I think it might change a little bit. Ovechkin, I think, might have inspired a lot of young – you know, a lot of ru young Russians come up now. They finish all their hits. They are fairly tough. Yeah. But at that time – you know, it's nine out of ten. You're, you're, you know, they couldn't lick their lips. Mm. A hundred shots. I believe we were at the upper deck that night. Um, so so we all seven games on that road trip, and we were was well. We that's it. Circuits. It was funny. Well, you know, just for me and the teams I came across. It was just wild. That was a, just a wild bunch, you, you, like gunslingers, you know, and. Party, play hard, party hard, as they say, PH squared. You guys were the epitome of that. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, what motivated you to get into coaching did you want to stay part of the game because some people just go and get into real estate right away and if i say are you connected to hockey yeah i still i skate every sunday right. but there's still there's got to be some desire inside if you want to coach yeah i well i got an opportunity in danbury again um 
after I played in that, um, I played in Europe and I played in that LNAH split seasons um, a couple of years. And then I knew I was, I was done. So um, I had the opportunity, uh, someone gave me a, a job in Danbury and uh, Brendan Tedstone. And um, so that was my first I like, coaching job. And so I, you know, I, I liked it and tried to keep going with it. So did you ever think about, I mean, you're in Philadelphia, you're so much close. Did you ever think about scouting or anything? Yeah, I'm still thinking about that. I um, I have a friend in Colorado who's working on a scouting job right now. Hopefully for me, we'll see what happens with it. But yeah, I mean, it just you know, Dennis Blondie's a scout of the Bruins, and he he's a head scout now. And he thought he could get me a job there, but like he's still he's around Philadelphia too, and we're both in the same area. And well, so, good luck with that. I would think yeah. any, especially. You're you're just primed for it. A, a a player who played in the minors at the highest level of the minors that's got so many connections that knows what it takes that knows what a dressing room is all about. I mean, it's just a perfect set. I mean, scouts can scout, but there's something to be and 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 not not all are ex players. I say this and people don't realize it. Now there are some that are great that never put on skates before. Yes, there are. But for me, if you know what it takes to just you know the off ice, the on ice, the dressing room stuff. Uh, I think a lot of guys that, that came through and, and put in their time like yourself, like a lot of players from my era, uh, I think they would be great scouts. So good luck with that. Thank you. How else are you uh, connected to the game? Uh, that's it right now. Um, you know, Do you I, go watch? I went up to Boston last week. Jimmy got me um, some tickets, Montgomery. Um, so I went up for a weekend there. We went up to dinner and stuff. So that was a good weekend. And how close to your or do you hit your hometown? I mean, I guess it's Boston. Do, do, do you head there a lot? No, not not at all. Um, that's the only time I've been for a long time, and um, I go once a summer for a golf tournament with my brother, and that's pretty much it. Okay, so you golf a lot? No, <laughs> but um, I do have. Um, I would. You ever you heard of Cabot, right? Yeah. So I have a house in Inverness, um, a cabin. Oh, okay. And so I um I want to promote it on your show, all your followers. I have yeah, an Airbnb. Yeah. It's an Airbnb. I'll send you the link to it after we're we're done. For sure, send that and I'll I'll post it. It's so what what else? Yeah, what else are you up to? What's your everyday life? Um, right now I'm uh, not doing much. I Uber sometimes, a couple hours a day, just um, yeah, kill cool. some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucks. Um, yeah. Why not? Um, and do you cheer for a team? Um, well, I'm cheering for the Bruins now because Jimmy's there. Um, I was always a Flyers fan. I worked for the Flyers for five years, um, running one of their hockey rinks. That's where I, that's what I did. I ran their their practice facility. Is it okay? So, you know, you got free tickets every game, so I followed them closely for a while. But um, they sold the, one of the rinks that I worked at. And, and so, what are your goals now? What would you? <clears throat> Well, I told everybody I'm retired, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But, you know, I'd like to get back into coaching or doing something in hockey. Yeah, uh, good luck with that. I do think, you know, a lot of players that come through, when you when you wear a captain for any length of time, let alone multiple seasons, I think that's what I'm trying to get at with the coaching because it, it intrigues me. I just, a lot of my buddies, they might be assistant coaches. I don't know a lot that are head coaches, but the ones that I do all wore the captain. Uh, so th there must be something to that. When you, when you were playing and when you, you were wearing the captain, were you like, did, were you aware? I mean, of course you're aware, but were you coming to the rink every day with the knowledge that I'm the leader on this team and I have to act like it? Is there a level of professionalism that's close to coaching? Um, I think some of the captains I had, for sure that's that's what i don't think i was the same mold as like a johnny stevens we had in philadelphia he was yeah. uh, you know straight and narrow yeah. and, and he's turned out to be a great coach um where i was more of a party guy that that took leadership seriously but yeah you know, there was so, a lot of those in our era i think now right. i think now if you were one of those guys they might think you were a bit of a, a wild nut but Back then it was, though. There was lots of those guys. And, I mean, I, I'll never forget it. My first camp, I met Lyle Odeline. I was just like, how does this guy do it? But 
but he did. And he'd go out and, you know, he'd have his beers with the guys and everything, but he would say, look, you, you can't be here if you can't be at the more in before practice, riding the bike before practice. And so, you know, and he worked hardest at the rink. There was nobody else that worked harder. And there was all kinds of that, right? Um, it was just a different era, I think, a different expectation. You just said when you guys went 7-0 and on the road trip, yeah. no one came in before two. And I, I don't really think that you would have been bending many rules. If you're winning, no one really cared. Right. Now there's a lot of, you know, there's definitely more of a, and not lockdown, but there's more eyes on you for sure. Right, right. Um, okay, listen, I got to take off soon, um, but I do want to know a few more things, and then we're going to get into rapid fire randoms. Are you good for another ten or fifteen minutes? Yeah, want to be good. Yeah. Thanks. So, listen, I read that you know five languages. Is this true? I can get by in five languages. I, I, I had to learn Russian when I was there. They had a translator follow me around. Okay. So, um, I, I know Russian pretty good. Um, I, I'm not fluent in any of them, but I, I understand them. You do. And what's, uh, am I reading this right? Iceland? I coached in Iceland. I coached the national team for Iceland one year. Um, but everyone in Iceland speaks English. So yeah. you don't really have to learn their language. Okay. It's like going to right. Montreal as opposed to Quebec City. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. I took French courses and, you know, it was right. really only to read it because I never, ever had to speak it in Montreal. Right. Um, exactly. Okay. And but last thing I'll ask you about coaching. How did the Icelandic, and when was that and how did that come up? coaching um i worked uh, for a team um a summer program called selects hockey who had a guy named sergey zach who ran the programs in iceland and really? so they needed a coach for the pro team over there and he asked me to do it and then i ended up luckily enough to be the national team coach wow interesting yeah. last thing i'll ask you pertaining to your career and your teammates and then we'll get into rapid fire randoms you played with a guy in a little chris schmidt uh have you heard from Schmitty? I, he was, I, I loved Schmitty and Freddie. I knew that when social media came, he would never get on there. And I just wonder what he's up to. I guess there's enough people listening. He was from Beaver Lodge, Alberta, one of my real good friends in, in Freddie, and I haven't spoken to him in 20 years. I haven't heard from him at all, no. I don't, sorry. That's wild. No, I, I just figured I'd give it a try and remember him going there. And Yeah, he was a, a good fella, didn't say much, liked his beers, liked his country music. And... Uh, He'd be happy in Beaver Lodge the rest of his life, and I wonder how he made out. Anyway, here we go. We're going to get into it. Are you ready for some rapid-fire randoms? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Here we go. If you had a superpower, what one would it be? X-ray vision. Uh, you're on death row. You came in one day, and John Stevens, the captain, he pissed you off, and you said, you know what? I'm not taking this anymore. I'm hungover, and you put a stick right through his neck. You, you shaved it off and you fucking put him on a plank out front. His head's on a plank. You're going to jail. You're going, you got the death penalty. What would your last meal be? Um, pasta and chicken like I did in hockey, right? Were you a red sauce or white sauce guy? Red sauce. Which teammate, speaking of cooking, which teammate, if you could pick an ex-teammate, to cook for you for one full year, who would it be? Oof. Uh, in Philly, we had a guy, a tough guy too. His name was um, Jeff Staples. We called him the Gay Baker. Oh yeah, but, I remember um, him. Yeah, yeah Jeff yeah. Staples. So you pick him? You take Staples? Yeah, he was a baker. He's the only one I could think of that could cook. Uh, would you go into space if given the opportunity? Sure. Cross-country trip, you got to pick one of these people to go with. Let's say you're in a cross-country motorcycle trip, okay? You're just sitting back. You, you got no timeline. You're just going to check out the sites, go across, maybe hit Mount Rushmore, head back down into Colorado, check out Colorado Springs. You know, this is a scenic trip. You got about 25 days to do it. You got to take one of these people. Ozzy Osbourne, Hulk Hogan, Wesley Snipes. Probably Ozzy. Remember that reality show? Yeah. I, I seen him. I did a concert in Philly. Like I was in charge of the concert in Philly. And I had a, I was in charge of getting him from his dressing room to on stage. And um, honest yeah. to God, it's, it's, uh, it's probably a 30-second walk. It took him at least 10 minutes. 
Wow. He can't move it. Like it was, oh my God. It was like, you mean arthritic or so much of a crowd around him? No, it's arthritic and just he moved like a snail. It was, it was, it was scary. Wow. So that was that at the rink you were running? No, it was at the Wells Fargo Center. The, um, the big How long ago? Rink. It was not even that long ago, probably seven, eight years ago. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Uh, will Tom Prady play football next year? No. Who will win the Stanley Cup this season? Boston Bruins. Man, are they ever rolling. Did you see this coming? I didn't, no. I don't think Jimmy did either. Was... I mean, you know, it's all the credit to him. All the credit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said. We talk about team. They just, to me, they've always been, from the salaries that they take, a lot of their best players took a bit of a cut right. so they could play together, the way they play on the ice, and not just the guys that are supposed to do it, like Marshawn. Like, I just, I find a real tight team, man, and that's, that's a tough egg to crack. <clears throat> tough nut to crack, is that the saying? Uh, three bars you hung out at in Philadelphia. Mm. Main Street Pub. Prospectors and Egypt, Club Egypt. Is there one goal you remember more than others that you scored? Um, I remember an overtime goal. I beat Philly when I was in Kentucky in overtime. How was Kentucky? Lexington, you would have played in, right? Yeah, I loved it there. It was um, I'm a big horse guy, and they had horses. Oh there. yeah, so. Man, I've, I fucking loved it there too. We we went to play. It was not what I was expecting. I really like Kentucky, and uh, we happened to be there the after the Breeders' Cup one year. Drove down. Uh, it was wild. Um, just a such an underrated place in the United States. Uh, Lexington. I mean, I, I I've been in Louisville for you know went down to watch the races, but Lexington I remember twice and two different occasions. Spending the whole weekend, it was awesome. Uh, what goes on a perfect pizza? <clears throat> perfect pizza. Oof. Um, lately, I've been getting chicken parm pizza. It's pretty good. Chicken parm pizza. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think I've ever had that. Uh, and is how about are the is is there any one place to go in Philly? You're sitting there right now for a Philly cheesesteak. Like I know there are obviously, but is there one place that's better than? Most is it's there in Jersey where we live over here. The best place is called Donkeys. Donkeys, okay. I remember it was a bit overwhelming because I went there and I, I I went downtown. There's a few cool areas to drink at in Philly. I can't remember the name of them, but they reminded me of George Street here. And um, I kept asking, and people would put. It was all great, but I uh, yeah, they, they were phenomenal. Like everywhere served these awesome cheese things, but one was. I found them all different. Yeah. Everybody had their own spin on it. Everybody right. served it. Um, and I love Philly cheesesteaks. That's why I asked. Um, favorite sport other than hockey? Probably golf, but I'm, I don't golf too much, but I like it. Do you watch it a lot? Yeah, I watch it all the time, yeah. Did you ever come across Tiger Woods? I never, never have, no. How about this, man? When we were playing Long Beach... I found out, so one of the Long Beach cheerleaders came off after a game, and she was just sitting there. I, I, I got kicked out for you know, probably fighting. I can't remember. And uh, But I was talking with her, and I said, you want to go out for a drink after the game? So we went out for a drink, and uh, Dan Shermerhorn introduced me to her. He played with you in Maine, too, yeah. as well. The name Dan Shermerhorn. And anyway, we, we had a great time. I went back in the summertime a few years later. To, to visit her and we weren't dating or anything just was you know she was a cool chick to hang out with for the weekend and show me around la i, I, I used to love it out that way man all those teams in california right. i really enjoyed my time there um but she's like yeah i grew up in cyprus with tiger woods i said no way and she showed me her high school yearbook she had it in the car she was pretty pretty uh proud of it and it was most likely likely to succeed this girl and tiger woods Oh, wow. I said, no way. So I was actually there with a buddy, Gary Clark from Mount Pearl, and uh, on this particular trip, and she took us up. I knocked on the door in Cyprus, and Earl Woods answered. I mean, 
this is wild that it happened. I know probably uh, mid 2000s. No way. Yeah, he came out and said, ah, Tiger's not around. I'm like, well, I didn't really expect him to be. I'm surprised that you even answered the door. And he said, you want a picture next to the Buick? Because Tiger was doing so much work for Buick. And, right. and so he just came outside, took the picture. And it's going to sound like I'm, yeah. But I, I, I lost it. We, we had a disposable camera. And oh. then we drove across the country and lost the fucking That's picture. Weird. But it was wild. Um, do you own pets? Oh, you already showed I got me. my dog, Brea. She's over here. How old is Brea again? She's five. Are you, have you always had a dog? Um, we got her five years ago, so not before that. Or like before that, when you were playing? Uh, yeah, I had a dog a couple years, but not, not long. Have you bungee jumped? No. Have you ever been skydiving? Nope. Would you rather act with Liam Neeson or tour with Metallica? Oof. I like Liam Neeson. I'll do that. Uh, favorite Christmas memory? Christmas memory. Um, I'm trying to think of one. Well, growing up, did you have any traditions? Did you guys skate outdoors? Was it cold enough at Christmas to skate outdoors? Yeah, we'd, we'd go to the, the, pond, the pond down the street, but I wouldn't call that a memory. Um, yeah, we skate here on Christmas sometimes, too, uh, the rink down the street here. But... So just neutral? Christmas yeah, was like a humbug for you? Fuck it, it's Christmas. <laughs> What's different? Um, hardest punch you've ever taken? Um, Sylvain Bluan beat me up one time pretty good. I played with him and Freddie that, uh, he did have a punch on him, boy. What's the funniest TV show of all time? Funniest. Um, Seinfeld. Mm. I still love that show. Yeah, it's funny. Um, favorite Christmas movie. Die Hard? Good answer. <laughs> uh, have you ever eaten alligator? No, no, but I am. Um, we had a, we had a, I was coaching Louisiana ice skaters, so we had a alligator pet. A what? Like a, a mascot alligator. Really? Yeah. So much to unpack there. Who handled the mascot alligator? Was there a wrangler in the room? Uh, yeah, I think one of the handlers. But then all the the swamp people. Remember the swamp people? Yeah, I do. They used to come to all the games, so we would hang out with them all the time. Must have been wild. Yeah, you know, I the American South blows me away for so many reasons, and each place is so different. Um, but people tend to be nice. I, I um, some of my best memories. You know, a lot of people don't realize too. Like you, the Louisiana ice skaters. What city is that out of? Lafayette. Lafayette. Okay. In these Southern, like people that just follow the NHL and they don't really know what happens in the minors. And that's lots of fans. I mean, not everybody's as invested as we are, but I don't think people realize how thriving minor league hockey is, is in those places. Um, Texas, for example, not that Louisiana is Texas, but Texas is, uh, has the most pro hockey teams on earth. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you realize that? I know until someone mentioned it a few years ago. And Florida has yeah. a ton too, right? Florida to has a ton. Yeah. yeah, my last year played Good. was in Orlando. A lot of fun. It might not be the most popular sport in these places, but there's enough. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I played in Oklahoma City. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe how, how popular hockey was. It was big rank too. It was almost as big as an NHL rank. I wouldn't know how many, 12, maybe 15,000 going crazy, but scalping tickets. And I'm like, this is a secret that shouldn't be right. right, right. Um, and it's, it goes to it, most of those cities. I remember playing in Jacksonville, same thing, not as nice of a rink, but God, I, I didn't think anybody would know what hockey was and they were fanatic. Um, best gift you've ever given. Oof. <laughs> Did you ask your girl to marry you? Ever been married? Yeah, that's a good one. There you go. Oh, was it a Christmas thing? 
No, it wasn't Christmas. Oh, gift. Oh, wait, I said best gift. I didn't say Christmas <laughs> gift. Okay, fair enough. That's your, that's a nice gift. A wedding ring. I hope you got it back. Um, have you ever dressed as Santa? Um, I think one time I did it at a holiday when I was running the hockey rink here in Philly. Do you remember any interesting gifts that you received? Um, my mother used to used to get gifts that um for for other people that were terrible gifts. Like she she'd get them at yard sales and stuff, and it was they were memorable because they were so bad. Some of them, but was, uh, <laughs> so and you. Your mom and dad were they together when you were growing up? Yeah, yeah. They both passed away of cancer, but they're uh, sorry to hear that. Pride to your brothers or sisters? Yeah, I have one brother that passed away, but I have another brother in Boston. Um, sorry to hear all that, but you're yeah. uh, were they they were they all alive when you were growing up? Yeah, yeah, everyone's alive. So you have some traditional Christmas memories, right? right. Boston too, yeah, I bet. Uh, what what which athlete from another sport do you look up to? Um, Tom Brady is good at going, maybe. Um, do you have a favorite football team? Growing up, it was the Patriots, and ever since they won, so I'll stick with the Patriots. The Eagles are doing good this year, so I have to. Were you in Boston, like in Boston, growing up? Like, it seems to me, you know, you go to some cities and there's. Even Toronto, there's some that are Raptors and Leafs fans. But you go to a Leafs fan game, there's Leafs fans. You go to the Raptors game, for the most part, it's its its own crowd. Mm-hmm. Everybody cheers for both. But something I find about Boston is like a lot. Yeah, they it overlaps. Really, like everybody goes to all of it. Right, yeah. So the same you, in Philly, like same thing you're saying here in Philly. Like if you go to the Sixers game, it's all Sixers fans. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Are sep- totally, it's totally separate. I think if if you were in Boston, you know, I'd be. It just seems to me like people that I know from Boston go to all of it. They go to. They love the yeah. Patriots. They love the Celtics. They love the yeah. Bruins. Yeah. So yeah. was that was sports a big part of your life growing up? Like uh, I, was, I didn't. Were, I don't think I got like, to go to as many games growing up, but it was a big yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, and when you were say, so when did you realize you wanted to be a hockey player? Uh, in high ten, school, right? I um, oh, okay. you know, I just wanted to go to college, and then in college, I wanted to play pro. So, okay, listen, thanks for your time. I need to know what your all-time team is. So, someone comes in, they put a hundred thousand dollars on the table right here. In this, in this hypothetical world, everybody we pick is going to be twenty-eight years old. They're all in their prime. I come up with a team. You come up with a team. Five players and one goalie, and it can be anybody of all time, except not Gordy Howe, not Wayne Gretzky, not Mario Lemieux. Not I got Bobby a big Gordie Howe story. Yeah, let's hear that first. So my, my, my dad gave me a Gordie Howe rookie card, right? My dad used to give me things and then take them back all the time. He'd give me something, then I'd take it back. He'd give me a piece of land, then I'd take it back. When he, was, he took his Gordie Howe card back, and I um, end up becoming friends with Gordie Howe, looking for the card to get him to sign it. He lives. He used to live down the shore with Mark Howe, his dad, his son. Wow. They live right down the street here, like down the Jersey Shore. And um, wow. so he never got to sign the card. No, yeah. he never got to sign the card. No. Your dad took the card back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Gordy, how rookie I know. signed, which now can't happen. Crazy. Oh, I, well, I, f- I feel great that you got the Gordy, how rookie. That's awesome. So I can't pick them five. Um, I have to pick five players and no Montreal Canadians either. Okay. Okay. So no rocket Richard, no Jean Bellevote, no, Top four of all time, How Gretzky or Lemieux. What can you go? You have to go with Ovechkin now, right? He's there you go. Kinds of goals. Yeah. Um, and the forwards don't have to be right wing, left wing. You know, they can be just McDavid. three forwards. You can all be center if you want. You just get three forwards. McDavid's up there. There you go. McDavid, Ovechkin. Um, all time. I guess we'll go. Uh, should I go Sidney Crosby? And he's as good a bet as any. He's my number five player ever. So, of course, if, if you want to pick him, I don't think it would be outlandish. But then okay. again, this is your picks, not mine. On defense, let's go with – I can't – you said no or, right? No or. Or Montreal Canadiens. So Larry Robinson is out. Um, defense. 
How about a Chris Pronger? Great pick. Phenomenal pick. And good, big, tough. One of the best ever. Regardless, one of the toughest ever and one of the like D to play against and Let's one of the stick best with Cape Breton and go with Al McGinnis. Nice. Al McGinnis. What a rocket. What a rocket. In the days of the wood sticks, man. Yeah. And in goal, I have to pick a goalie. Um, let's go. Probably Martin Brodeur. Martin Brodeur. Yeah, there you, I mean, you can't say much bad about that. Fantastic career. By all, the other thing is, I hear he's a great guy, great teammate. I don't know. I've never, I've met him, but I haven't uh, hung out with him. But uh, it's as good a pick as any. Dave, thank you for doing this. Do you have anything to promote? Do you have any websites? Are you selling anything? What are you doing? Yeah, like I said, I have that uh, Airbnb in Cape Breton um, that um, is uh, probably two drives away from the golf course. Um, Cabot links at Cabot Cliffs, which everyone should know in Canada. Um, and we're going to, I'm going to put this link on my feed on Instagram for those listening. And uh, do you have a website for that or anything, or should people follow you anywhere? It, it, no, it's um, it's just on Airbnb, um, a friend of mine in Canada. There's actually a couple new fees um, in, in Inverness right now that, um, that uh, you I get, talk to. We talk about you when, when I go home. You, you've, uh, there's Newfoundlanders all over the world. I, 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 I love that. And, and they're, they're vocal, right? Wherever you go, uh, like we went to Pittsburgh for that chicklets thing. And like, of yeah. course there's 30 Newfoundland. You always know because they, they're not afraid to come introduce themselves. I, and I love that about Newfoundland. Uh, um, people, uh, you know, it, it's not bothering anybody. We, a lot of people yeah. think they might be bothering me, but it's Newfoundland. It's like expected. It's like, hey, of course. Like, you know, <laughs> I've got a cousin from Grand Falls. Your dad is from there. Of course, we're friends, um, <laughs> which I love. Um, but you, you, you got to get on this. You got to get a website and stuff. You're yeah, promoting know, something. Man. Yeah, yeah. You're you're really laid back. You got you got to get on that. I, for for now, for those listening, I'm going to post it, and uh, maybe even on our when I post our our chat and everything. I'll add the link at the end. Is there anything else you want to bring up before I send you on your way? I got one newfie joke to, to, to say before I, before we go. Here we go. Let me hear it. I, I, I think I've heard them all, but let's go. All right. There's um, these three newfies um, and they're going out to throw the hammer in the, in the, in the Olympics. Right? So the first newfie gets up, he throws a hammer. He beats the world record. He goes, the reporters first gather record. around him. What makes you do so good? He goes, well, my father was a farmer. And his father was a farmer, and they taught me when you do something, you got to do it right. So the next guy, they all print that. The next newfie gets up, he throws the hammer, he beats the first guy by two feet. New world record. All the reporters gather around this guy. What makes you do so good? He goes, well, my father was a fisherman, and his father was a fisherman, and they taught me when you do something, you got to do it right. Okay, they print that. Next guy gets up, he throws the hammer, he beats the first dude by 10 feet. All the reporters now gather around this guy. New world record, never be broken again. What makes you do so good? He goes, well, my father was unemployed and his father was unemployed and they taught me when someone puts a hammer in your hand, you throw it as far as you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what well, you've been sitting on that one for how long? <laughs> I just like, it's a good, Let it's me a guess, Breton you, joke, right? I bet you heard that from a Newfoundlander. It's a Cape Breton joke too. They say, tell it in Cape Breton too. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, I, again, I, See, if you're from Newfoundland or Cape Breton and you tell those jokes, it's almost like a term of endearment. We laugh at them because there's a, a, a lot of people say, well, do you hate the term Newfie? I'm like, well, it depends how you use it. If someone looks at me and says, you fucking idiot Newfie, <laughs> of course I don't like that. But for the most part, you know, we tell those jokes and Cape Breton is the same thing. Cape right. Breton is an extension of Newfoundland. Is, and you're, yeah. both of your parents are from there, are they? Right, yeah. So do you, do you, you must have some relatives there. Yeah. So I, yeah, I go back every summer for a couple of weeks and I'm probably going to start moving there in the summers um, eventually. That's deadly. You know why you should let me know when that happens. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I don't, I, I do though spend some time in Cape Breton. I'll often drive if, if I have time and uh, Penny Lane's 12 now. And I told right. her, I said, you know, we always fly to these places, but you, you really should drive with me to Halifax yeah. and PEI and then come, we'll see all the Atlantic provinces. And on the way, of course, is Cape Breton and really. There's one, 
great. There's one more thing I wanted to bring up too. I forgot to tell you with um, yep. AJ and Jimmy Galante. They're doing that Ice Wars thing, and this uh, guy Gutfield. Um, if you ever watched the show Gutfield on Fox, no, um, I, I I heard of it though. It's it's a, actually the number one rated show in TV in the U.S. Um, late night ahead of okay. Kimo and and yeah and all them right. So um, anyways, there's a guy on there that thinks he can um, hockey fight. His name is Tyrus. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm challenging this guy Tyrus for the next ice wars that they're having. Really, you're going to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Wow, you know, speaking of Boston, them. I went down and did one of those in Boston like a couple months ago. What did you? Yeah, it, it, it was it was it was another version of it. It was Ultimate Hockey Fighting, they called it, but it was the same rules, same thing. Right, right. Um, yeah, I fought a local there. I forget his name. He was a good fellow. Well, it'll be it'll be coming out on on tape soon, awesome. or on, yeah. on tape. It'll be. Uh, you know, streamed somewhere. Um, so when is this going to take place? Well, the, the next Ice Wars is in March in Wyoming. Um, so I don't know if they'll come out there or not. Or We're just trying I to set it up so. now. A lot of people don't realize. What I remember about you, you've got great balance, right? you got real, real good balance. And uh, to me, that that's one of the biggest, most underrated parts of it that I, I don't think people watching realize they they see the big upper body and some people that might act and want to be tough but if you yeah. can skate and you can get great balance and good core mm -hmm. you know you can hang in there that at least that that's what worked for me i mean and, and you seem like that kind of guy you're strong on your skates man you i remember it you 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 hit hard you know you're a thick thick player um Anyway, okay. Thanks for doing this. Good yeah, luck. Thanks for having I me. I really, uh, I'm going to post the link. But if you, if you end up fighting this guy, I would. Uh, I honestly, I, I'm not a. I, I, I would Marassi, probably fly and watch these and be a judge for one of these. Well, if Morasti's going to be there, I just, I, I'd fly out to I, I, Wyoming. Yeah, I just we'll get I, you I, as a judge. We'll get you to be one of the judges with him. I'd love to. Yeah. Honestly, I'd absolutely love to do it. Good luck and uh, keep me informed. And I'm going to get Frankie on to get on your show here. We Thanks. I appreciate that. Give him my best, man. I tell those stories and uh, often people hear about the fights and they forget how, you know, how guys that did that respect each other and really probably give each other props more than anything, you know. And so I don't know what he thinks of me, but I know that uh, it, it was it was honestly an honor to fight him. And I was a huge fan growing He's up. He's coming so over tomorrow on. night for Christmas Eve, so maybe we'll give you a shout. Oh, well, beauty. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gents, that's it for episode 134B, Tales with Tierra. Thanks to my guest, Dave McIsaac. Trip down memory lane. I appreciate it, buddy. If you're downtown St. John's and you want to have a beer, why not check out TJ's? Why not check out Trinity Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, Greensleeves Pub, and the Bull and Barrel? If you're going to go for a bite to eat, I like to go to Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and Wedgwood Cafe. If you're looking to work out and improve your body and mind and strength and balance, look no further than Power Conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. If you want to go get your car checked out, get your oil changed, get your tires put on, whatever it is, check out Mr. Lube with locations on Torbay Road and Camount Road. Live, laugh, lube. Pitbull Pain Relief, pain sticks that I swear by. Just go to the site, pitbullpainrelief.com. True Hockey Take What's Yours. Folks, this has been 134B. We'll be back in a, just a few days. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Catch you on the rebound. <laughs>